hello, hi, bienvenido, welcome back, or welcome to Mentors Today Season 3. Ileana, como estas, mi amiga? What is going on in Guadalajara today? Hi, Rob. Hi, everybody. Guadalajara, it's gorgeous today and this week, so I'm very happy, as always, uh, to join this new conversation to Mentors Today. And happy to, to hear someone that is actually very friendly to Guadalajara. See, sí, today we are. We're all about Guadalajara today, which is kind of cool. And, and we'll explain we'll explain that when we get to introduce our guest. Today, we're super excited to welcome in Ian Paul Otero. Ian's the general partner at Redwood Ventures from Guadalajara, but joining us today from Austin, Texas, which is awesome. Ian has held a whole range of really important leadership roles in both the private and the public in Mexico, working for a number of different leading companies as well as government agencies. Some named, some people who listen to this show or are familiar with Mexico would be familiar with, such as Pemex, um, the municipal government of Zapopan. He's worked or been a part of, is currently even a part of some of the programs for an organization called Coparmex, has worked inside of the Secretariat of the Economy, was one of the co-founders and launched Red Bean Ventures and Strategies, a consulting agency that works in the entrepreneurial economies around Mexico, all as a precursor to his life and career now as a venture capitalist. And he got to this place through kind of an educational history that is almost too good to be true. He's had so many, so many amazing experiences at so many of the best universities in the Americas, including graduating with undergraduate degrees from places like Universidad Valle Temac, Universidad Panamericana, UPE, ETESO, some entrepreneurship programming experience and venture capital at the UC Berkeley Haas School of Business up in, in Northern California, and then policy and government program at the Harvard Kennedy School of Government. So in many ways, one of the things that's always endeared Ian to me in our professional and personal friendship is that he's like a policy wonk kind of guy who sees the totality, not just the business, right? He sees business inside of politics, inside of social culture, inside of kind of national trajectory of countries and societies. And so I love his vision and I'm excited to hear more of it today. But I am stoked to welcome Ian to the show today. So Ile, Ian, welcome mis amigos. It's a pleasure to have everybody here today on Mentors Today. My dear Rob, Ileana, delighted to be here with you guys. It's a pleasure to talk a little bit about the innovation ecosystem. How are we doing with how are we dealing with this new office in Austin and all about the Redwood Ventures Fund One and Two? But most important, um, a space to talk with my friends and people I look up to. And Rob, I am delighted to to, to share this space with you and of course with you, Ileana, as well. Awesome. Cool. So why, Rob, won't you introduce with the first question? I will. Ian, talk to us, man. Like, tell us about you're this guy who's in government, who believes in policy, who's trying to develop, a, you know, a better, stronger economy in your region, in the country. And at some point you see entrepreneurship and innovation as like the way yeah. forward. So like, tell us that story. How'd you find your yeah. way into this world? Thanks again, Rob, for the opportunity of talking a little bit about our, our side and our uh, view for the local ecosystem. And I'm, a, I'm this kind of weirdo in the innovation mm -hmm. and entrepreneurship ecosystem in Mexico because most of the managing partners or general partners of uh, other funds has a very common background or very standard background from Ivy League's universities related with business and related with the ecosystem from, from that area. And I actually discovered the, the ecosystem from a different perspective. When I was uh, very young, probably I was 22, 23, as I remember, I just graduated from law school 
And I received this opportunity from the under minister of economy in the federal government to join his team as a legal advisor. So that was pretty much the first time I uh, went attached uh, to these kind of uh, subjects. So our first task was to gather in one main public policy the support of entrepreneurship and innovation because the federal government used to have these uh, like four or five different programs to support small and medium enterprises and nothing related with entrepreneurship or uh, access to funding or capital. So the main task for the advisory team was to gather in one public policy called, you. of course, you can remember, Ileana, mm-hmm. the Fondo PYME, which was uh-huh. the first integrated public policy for entrepreneurship for I'm, I'm sorry, entrepreneurs, but also for SMEs. So that's the first time I, I uh, get in touch with these topics. And that's pretty much the story. So I, uh, I get attached to the ecosystem from a different perspective of, of, uh, from, from my colleagues. And I decided to start preparing myself with venture capital programs in, in IPADE and venture capital programs in UC Berkeley and having an MBA and now we are talking about our second fund after investing the pretty much the, the, the whole first uh, fund in, in, in Latin America and the U.S., obviously in Mexico. And we are now launching our, our second vehicle. So that's pretty much where, where we are right now. Yeah, and we will ask you more about the second fund in a minute. But I was just listening to you and I was wondering, right now it makes a lot of sense all that you have built And actually, the ecosystem is more much mature in Mexico and in Latin America about these subjects on, on entrepreneurship. I'm wondering uh, what was the challenges in the programs? How do the people receive these initiatives back in the days, which were the projects that, the, that they were out? Because now we understand the terms about startups and some people know more about burn to capital. But back in the days, I think that would have been very different than how it is right now. Yeah, for the anecdotary, I have a very, very good story about, about that. And it's a very interesting question, Ileana. But in 2016, when mm-hmm. we, tra- we started to draft our PPM, our investment thesis, mm-hmm. actually our own uh, external advisors were like a very skeptical about the success that we were going to have in fundraising terms. So they were like, uh, you're, you're saying in your PPM that you're going to raise between five and eight million in the next six months. There's no way you're going to achieve that. I mean, you're exploring a new asset class for LPs that never invested in that asset class. You have no track record as a GP. So uh, I, I think you're going to take at least two years to, to, to achieve that assets under management goal. And we, we designed our PPM considering what we can do to bring more certainty to the decision-making of, uh, of our LPs. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was the, the biggest challenge, to educate in a good way, to educate our LPs in an asset class totally unknown for them, to let them understand that Control positions are not a good idea in early stage investing because all of our LPs are used to have control positions in the 
in every investment that they make. And I would say that was the biggest challenge. But right now, we have zero churn from our LPs from fund one to fund two. And that's um, a very clear indicator that we discover uh, the, the, the right way to, to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to at least question, it's almost like if we were painting a picture of the way that the entrepreneurial economy was evolving back then. So I know you've got a great team, but let's talk about your team, right? Let's talk about how you guys came together as partners um, and, and tell us a little bit about the Redwood Fund One story, you, Marco, Alejandro, the team, and then and then paint the picture. Tell us about this vision of what's coming with Redwood Fund Two. Give us a little history lesson and then take us to where we're going over the next 20 years. Yeah, of course. Um, we started this idea, this dream with actually one partner that she's, she's no with us any longer because she decided to dedicate time to her family and to her kids. And after that, she decided to accept an invitation to the Jalisco government. She is the general director of innovation, but with Nora, Nora Martin. And we decided to first draw our PPM in 2016. But then we needed a different profile, a guy who came from or or a girl who came from the private sector, uh, more experienced about processing. And Marco is a master black belt. And he's more related with the technology industry from the manufacturing sector. So Marco and I became friends in the master's degree program. And I always thought and still think that he's a very intelligent guy, a very smart guy, but also with the skills of developing new, new strategies for businesses. So uh, Nora decided to step to step aside, and Marco and I went all, all in, in, in in Redwood, but we needed this more finance profile. So we found Alejandro. Alejandro and I worked together like five years ago, he as, a, as an external advisor for the government of Zapopan. And Alejandro has this very interesting profile because he's very young. I mean, he's uh, 10 years younger than I, but his uh, skills on finance are just the best skills I ever saw in my whole life. This he, guy is a, is, he is a really smart guy. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I mean, he's the smartest guy of the three of us, that's that's for sure. <laughs> and I, I'm not afraid of, of saying that my partners are more intelligent, more skilled than I am, because otherwise, why do I need them, you know? So, so Alejandro... Yeah, you need in, to compliment. Yeah, with better profiles than you are. I get a lot of compliment from my, from my partners. Alejandro is a finance guru. Marco is the, the calm, the processing the decision-making, the intelligent, coherent part of, of the equation. And mm-hmm. I'm more like the drive, the, the ideas, the relations with our LPs and the ecosystem. But yeah, we have a lot of, um, of complement aspects there. And I am very happy with my partners, to tell you the truth. They both are great guys. We share not just our view of the ecosystem, but family values, friendship values, and obviously business core values as well. So tell us a little bit about what's coming. So you built Redwood Fund One. You talked about it in your opening. Uh, I think you said you raised like $8 million or so, and you've deployed it, almost all of it or all of it already. 
Yep. So now, and now you, I know, I know you've begun raising fund too, but like, let's talk about that. And then. And then why you're in Austin? I want to exactly, know that. Exactly. <laughs> of course. So, um, yeah, we already invested the, the, the assets under management that we had for fund one. We raised $8 million and we already invested 80 to 83% of the assets under management. And the rest of the dry powder is going to be to uh, participate in, in, in follow-ons, so subsequent rounds of the already invested companies in the portfolio fund one. We are very happy with our portfolio. We invested in 14 companies uh, located in the U.S., Argentina, Mexico, of course, all of the companies are, are uh, performing in, in Latin America or in the U.S. And right now we have very interesting indicators. We already have 2.4 uh, returns of capital invested by now. In terms of IRR, if you want to see it like virtually, it would be like 65 to 70% considering a very conservative methodology. So, uh, I, like I was telling you, I, I think the best indicator for us is that 100% the to- totality of our LPs from Fund 1 are investing in our Fund 2. Yeah. But that's, that's um, always a great sign, right? When the people that came along at first want to come along and, and participate. Yeah, I don't know if you, if you ever heard, Rob, some fund having that indicator. I mean, I, I would guess that it's not that common to have it, zero yeah, churn. It, it happens, but a, 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 it, it happens less frequently at your early stage, like with a with a small fund one with new fund managers. Like it's less, yeah, but less to be, of a To offer. be very honest, obviously we made mistakes and we are trying to solve those kind of mistakes from fund one right now that we're launching our second fund. And let me share a little bit of, of those findings, no? The first, the first finding is that uh, we decided to choose this very uh, familiar vehicle for Fund One for our piece. I mean, uh, we knew that wouldn't be the more flexible structure, but it was needed for a first-time fund manager. So we decided to use a trust structure for our first fund, denominated in pesos, which was a very huge mistake because it's a uh, an expensive structure zero added value from 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 the from the uh, financial institution that acts as a trustee um, and, and and it was like a very rigid structure like being in pesos you know so yeah. but you learn uh, it was I mean, needed but know. it was a mistake so, to tell you the truth no because if you wanted to make a flip to an American structure or a Canadian structure or a UK structure from the from the uh, Mexican trust, obviously it's kind of complicated and a lot of legal expenses and all that. So it's one one of our big learns. The other one is uh, maybe the size because. Um, I don't want to sound cocky, but we but <laughs> we, are, we are very good negotiating terms, and because of our. Uh, amount uh, capacity or, or, or because of our capacity of, of uh, allocating capital, it, it was kind of weird that we have this uh, lead investor position. So that was another big learning for us on in, in, in Fund 1. I'm not going to say which one, but uh, we negotiated a, a very interesting structure for, for the deal in one company of, of, the, first, of the first fund. And finally, we have to move into uh, different terms, decided to put it in the table, but 
by the lead investor, which was actually uh, worse conditions that we negotiated in the beginning, but that's another big learn. So yeah, right now we are moving to our second vehicle. Right now we are planning to raise 30 million in the BC vertical and we established two additional um, side pockets for at least another 20 mil. And um, we are trying to um, uh, look for companies still uh, performing in, in Latin America or in the US. Uh, for seed or pre-seed uh, companies, we have the possibility of writing checks around 300K. And we're going to reserve the possibility of follow-ons in those kind of in, the, in those companies. I'm sorry, of 1.5 to to 2 million, and uh, we have the, the the possibility as well of going directly to Series A through checks around 2 million. So the portfolio we are planning to conform. The, sorry, we are trying to conform the port, the portfolio the portfolio of the of the second fund uh, with between 13 to 15 companies. And uh, we are opening a side pocket for venture debting and another one for secondary rounds. And Expl I can- ex uh, Explain that a little bit. Like, let's pretend, yeah, sure. let's pretend that I know nothing about what you just said, which by the way, is usually pretty accurate. So- Yeah, the three million are going to be tell us, very- Tell us about these side, side pockets. What is this? Yes, of course. So the, the three millions are going to be allocated in a very uh, common structure, like pure VC, like we made it in phone one, but we learned uh, two things from, from 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 our first vehicle. The first one is that most of the companies who uh, raised capital in in serious seed uh, and in the in the roadmap or in, in I mean in the roadway I'm sorry or in 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 their path to get to the serious say it's very common they are still building the unit economics. They are working on the customer acquisition cost, building the lifetime value of the company. And most of those companies are going to open bridge series previous to get to the series A. And those bridge series are typically the series that uh, has more dilution for the entrepreneur or, or the founding team. And because of the short period of time, are not the, the the rounds that have more value to the to the company. So one 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 very interesting finding is that in Latin America there are not uh, that many uh, venture debting solutions, and we don't know why. I mean, probably there are one or two companies uh, making venture venture debt, yeah, uh, revenue based or in, in some some other schemes, but there are no many companies making venture debting. And no, the, I can I can think of I can think of like what Tyler Tringas is doing with the Calm Fund in Mexico exactly. City as like a like a test case, but yeah, there hasn't been that that expansion of those types of offers in Latam yet, really. Yeah, and the interest rates that uh, are offering those those uh, companies are crazy, you know. So we know that we can bring or attract more interesting deal flow if we have this solution of venture debting because. Uh, the entrepreneur is going to uh, uh, to maintain the the equity from a big dilution, mm -hmm. and to tell you the truth, it's it's another another way to attract more LPs because uh, it it doesn't matter how what wh what is the last name of the LP, all of them wants to see returns in a short term. So <laughs> it's it's another another strategy to uh, have 
uh, interesting returns. I mean, they're not going to receive these 60s or 70s of, t of IRRs annually, but they're going to receive probably 15s, probably 14s. Right? You, mean, you mean normal, non-bubble related type numbers? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and another thing that uh, we talk a, a lot about, Rob, Eliana, it's that Latin America, it's a very young ecosystem. And Same. as a very young ecosystem, most of the, of the funds uh, created in 2008, 20, 2008, 2009, probably, are uh, getting their mind mandates to the to the end, and they are not okay. finding liquidity in the market in order to give returns to their LPs. So that's uh, another opportunity, and that's pretty much why we decided to establish this opportunity fund, or what we call opportunity fund. That is a fund uh focus on giving liquidity to those other uh, vehicles established like 10 or 12 or eight years ago they're trying to find liquidity in the market and we can take advantage of an interest in discounts in a secondary rounds so uh, I think we are um, wrapping up all of our learnings from phone one and giving our LPs the opportunity of diversifying from, uh, pure venture capital with these two side pockets. Cool. And I was wondering uh, also right now that you said like um, the Latin America is very young. How do you make yourself relevant to startups in Latin America? Yeah, that's a very good question because uh, like I said, the entrepreneurs that, and founders that, and our founders that uh, are good typically typically know they're good. So they're, tr they're giving... Uh, they are reserving the opportunity of choosing the right investor for them. So it's pretty much about bringing really, really, really smart money to the table. So uh, what we do have to offer to entrepreneurs and, and, and founders is we have a representation office in Austin because we want if, if we want to uh, have this uh, international per perspective, we have to m move from our comfortable chair in Guadalajara with our families, with our low cost uh, way of living and like go, go, for, go for it. I mean, go to conquer another market, to better understand the way of living, the way of thinking, the way of doing business here. So we are uh, very active, attracting companies from, from this local ecosystem in, in, that are trying to focus on opening operations in Latin America and, back, and, and, and backwards. So what happened with those companies in Latin America? It has a very interesting product or service trying to get into the U.S. and not, don't know how or don't know uh, uh, how to do it or, or trying to find a local partner to do it. So uh, this, this uh, intention of opening an office here in Austin is not just about uh, the fanciness of how cool it sounds to have a fund uh, in Guadalajara and with office in, in Austin. It's pretty much about adding value to our portfolio companies and adding value to our LPs as well. See, no, and you, I, I remember you talking to me about why you were moving when you were moving and the vision, and it, and it wasn't just about, which I applaud you, because too often times, as we see in all entrepreneurial economies, but sadly for right now, I think still too much in LATAM is we see that, you know, like, I want to do it because it makes me look good kind of move, right? It's more about the PR or the, 
or the social media buzz of like, look how cool I look on Twitter, right? And, and, and I've got yeah. friend, I've got gringo friends in Estados Unidos, and that makes us a better <laughs> fund. And that's just so silly. So, all right, I want to ask you one big picture question. What I've learned of the VC business, right? It's fund one leads to fund two, fund two leads to fund three, fund three leads to fund, like it, this, this becomes a, a cycle, right? And so, so paint me a picture in a world where, as you know, I love to talk about policy and big picture stuff a lot. And so in a world where by 2045, uh, the United States will be, you know, majority minority country, which more respectfully said is a majority country that will be primarily brown and black uh, faces as opposed to all people that look like me, um, which is an awesome thing for the evolution of our country going forward for the next hundred years. So in a world like that in 2045, Right. And you're still going to be a relatively young guy in 2045. Right. Like what does Redwood VC look like 20 years from now? I think that Redwood is going to be a fund recognized for the value that we could add to the portfolio company in early stage basis. I mean, I don't see Redwood moving through another segment of the VC, probably moving a little bit to Series B. But I think we are very good in investing in, in early stage companies and, th- and there's nothing wrong about it. I mean, right now you can see big funds coming backwards, right? Right now there are opening right. funds focused on early stage investing. They're, I was going to say, they're coming down into your neighborhood to compete with you. So Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we are very good there because we have uh, this understanding that founders need obviously financial support and obviously need... Uh, business savviness in their boards, but it was, I mean, it is pretty much more about understanding their uh, moment they're passing by, that uh, having someone by your side that actually understands your pains and your uh, and what is keeping you up at night. So we, we like to build this kind of relationship with our founders. So, so founders, all the founders listening, these are the types of guys you want to do business with, right? Yeah, these are, because these are, you, want, you want people that understand where you're at early on in the process that aren't just trying to hustle you into the next acquisition. And you know what, Rob, you and I talk a, a lot about this, but uh, probably is, is, there, is the right spot to, to openly talk about it. But there is a lot of bullshit in the ecosystem, in particular in LATAM. I mean, there is... Yeah. This misunderstanding about that the guy who has the money is the guy that you need to look look up to, and nothing is more wrong <laughs> about yeah. the perception than that. I mean, the rock star always always has to be the founder and the, and the founding Same. team, Same. and the, the the money is a commodity. See, a great a great friend of mine who I had coffee with last night here. Uh, proud Mexicano uh, lawyer here in the entrepreneurial economy in Los Angeles tweeted out this morning, hey, just a reminder for all you founders out there that are grinding it today, just remember that you're the most important person in the relationship between you and your investors. And I was like, there you go. That's a great reminder. So, all right. So 2045, if I heard the answer correctly, you won't be SoftBank or Tiger and you also won't be just retired on an island off of France. No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish, but for vacation. <laughs> but, no, we're going to be very active in the local ecosystem, probably with a fund of, uh, we feel very comfortable with funds 
around 100 uh, million of assets under management and below. Uh, probably in our 10th fund with right, a lot of success stories, uh, having coffee or having a tequila with the uh, founders of from our second fund, the we'll now our we'll unicorns. Have, we'll, we'll have your office in <laughs> we'll have your office in Santa Monica in Los Angeles. That's, there we <laughs> Why go. not? There but you're going go. to you're going to run that one, Rob. There you go. There we go. There we go. And we'll and we'll and we'll start producing our podcast from it as well. So all right, it, exactly. It, it, but uh, I was going to tell you uh, more about ben, uh, Redwood. I would like to see a a more mature ecosystem that collaborates that. Uh, integrates from uh, different ideas. I mean, the collaboration in Latin America, I think we have a lot of uh, opportunity areas there because the collaboration is still building uh, and uh, between managing partners and between funds, we need to be more open to share opportunities and to share experiences and not just to share sí. what we don't care about. Sí. Hundred percent agree. That's, that's, that's what, it, what, it, what, what uh, I would like to see. That's a great dream. I I think it's the best moment to go to the next segment of this episode. And can you please share with us uh, your advice for entrepreneurs or, or executives in 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 the Americas? Well, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I, I I would say that the, the 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 first thing that I would recommend to entrepreneurs is to stop overthinking the idea and just decide it and go for it. I mean. Talk a lot about your idea. Uh, this misunderstood idea of uh, reserving, because if I talk uh, if I talk a lot about my idea, probably someone is going to copy it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're the only one that has the skills, or the ability, or the possibility of making this idea happen. So stop overthinking and do it. That 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 would be my first uh, recommendation. The second one is to stay open and stay humble to uh, another ideas. It's kind of complicated. I mean, I, I, I leave it every time. I am an entrepreneur as well. I'm an entrepreneur that helps another entrepreneurs, but I'm an entrepreneur. So it's kind of complicated that once you get uh, something right down and start thinking, I mean, start asking uh, feedback to other persons, that uh, we, I mean, we, we, we hear some things that we don't like and we discard automatically every new idea. So the second, the second recommendation would be to stay open, uh, to mm -hmm. pivot and stay humble to the idea that probably there is a better way to do it. So uh, mainly in, in, in early stage companies, one thing that is for sure is that the way you do business right now is not going to be the same as you will be doing it in two or three years. So if you stay open and stay humble, uh, the, 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 the heat would be a little bit, a, a little bit less hotter to your, okay. to your, to your head. No? And, the, okay. and the other one, it's uh, probably for the ecosystem in general that we need to, 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 How do, how do I say? We need to uh, be more like light, be more uh, open, relax. <laughs> relax. Exactly. Thank you, Liana. More relaxed about about sharing and about. Uh, I mean, 
it is a competition, obviously, but this ecosystem is just going to get bigger and bigger and, and more mature in, in, uh, as long as we can share experience, share deal flow, share good deal flow. Because one okay. thing that I, uh, I see a lot is that this uh, collaboration scheme, it's, 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 not what I, it's, it's not what I would like to see. Okay. I mean, we receive uh, opportunities from other funds, like once the, the company is about to bankruptcy. <laughs> okay. And, I mean, uh, we, need, we, we need to be more on, honest. We, we need to be more open in collaboration uh, as an ecosystem. I from think the, incubator, I think... accelerator, solar funds, entrepreneurs, not just try to help guys that are all already in our portfolio or not just try to help guys that I like the way they are, but they, because they are good. Say, I think the word that Jeff Bezos coined back in the in the late '90s, early 2000s was coopetition. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's this we're 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 cooperative. We're competing, but we're cooperative. And and it's it's what's the old phrase, right? All raise all boats. Right. So that's I think I think that's I believe you know me. I'm I'm the I'm the ultimate bridge builder. This is literally our our business. So I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, and that's why Ileana and I do this podcast to bridge these relationships and these and create more cooperation and collaboration and less like ego driven individualistic competition. Um, that's that's a huge that's great advice. Ile, close us out, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ian, to join this conversation. It was uh, really nice to have you in the in the program and we really learned about the entrepreneurial ecosystem and it was really a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much. No, Eliana, uh, I'm 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 the one that I'm very thankful thankful with you guys. It's always a great pleasure to talk to you. And uh, Rob, thank you so much for being uh, very present from LA, but always always there to give us <laughs> a, a heads up or or uh, a quick side about where you're looking for in 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 another in another more and more mature ecosystem. So. Uh, thank you so much for this this, this opportunity, Liana, Rob, and let's be in touch. Yeah, and before we go, please uh, share with us how uh, people can follow you on social media or or your or your fund. Yeah, I love to retweet Rob in my <laughs> Twitter account. I dot Otero O T R O. I'm sorry, Twitter is just I Otero. Letter I, okay. Otero, and the account of Redwood it would be uh, Redwood MX. Redwood, okay. if I'm if I'm correct, yes. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Gracias. Super fun. Rob, Thanks. Un abrazo, amigo. Liliana. Uh, Muchas gracias. Gracias. As always, we thank you so much for listening. Today's show was recorded in Los Angeles and Guadalajara. Produced by Deanna Bernal in Mexico City and promoted by the content team at Growth Hacks in Tijuana, Mexico. You can always find and share our show via any popular podcasting platform, as well as find us on social media at Mentors Today on Instagram. If you'd like to connect with our hosts, you can find them on Twitter or Instagram at I am Rob Ryan or at Ileana JAF. Gracias, thank you, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>